Big Fluff. This is John O'Hurley, and you're listening to Hobo Radio, where anything is possible. And now, your host, miniature dog enthusiast, Joel Murphy. Hello again, I'm Joel Murphy, and this is Hobo Radio. With the Oscars right around the corner, and CODA nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Picture, it is the perfect time to think about representation and inclusion in Hollywood. That's why I'm very excited to bring to you my interview with Reagan Linton and Brian Malone about their documentary, Imperfect. The film follows the Family Theater Company, which is comprised of actors with all natures of disability, including spinal cord injury, Parkinson's disease, cerebral palsy, autism, low vision and blindness, and multiple sclerosis, as they rehearse and perform the musical Chicago. Now, as the press notes for this film state, uh, in 2017, the Rutterman Family Foundation produced a white paper showing that while 20 to 25 percent of the U.S. population has a disability, fewer than 2 percent of all television characters had a disability, and 95 percent of the top TV show characters with disabilities were played by non-disabled performers. And in 2021, a report from the Think Tank for Inclusion and Equity the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in Media and Women in Film show that 93% of writers said their most recent writer's room had no disabled or deaf writers. This is such an important conversation to be had. It, it's good that things are starting to change and people are starting to think about these things, but those changes are often coming slowly, which is why I think a film like Imperfect is so important. And it's really beautiful and moving, and I, I really enjoyed it uh, as someone who did theater in high school and who's done improv and who's been a performer my whole life. I obviously just relate to it on a level of uh, someone who has that passion and who wants to perform, and it, it's just beautiful. It, it's an absolutely beautiful documentary, and it, it's the kind of thing that unfortunately we don't see enough of, which is why I was very excited to get to talk to both of them about the film. And I think you're going to enjoy this talk. So without further ado, here's my interview with Reagan Linton and Brian Malone. Reagan is in makeup. <laughs> yes, I'm in makeup and a uh, wig cap already. Nice. Very nice. track. What is it? Uh, do you have a show? Like, what are you? Yeah. I uh, actually we have opening night tomorrow for oh, wow. the show that I'm doing in Washington D.C. called Change Agent. It's a um, kind of spy-ish, well, not spy-ish thriller. It's about a woman who was a um, friend and longtime mistress of JFK's and was aware of like a lot of the junk that was going on behind the scenes and stuff. So it's interesting. Oh, that sounds cool. Where's it at in D.C.? Uh, at Arena Stage. Okay, I grew up uh, outside of D.C., so I was curious. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, I was curious. uh, I watched the film and I really liked it. 
Um, one of the th- questions I had, I was curious how the two of you uh, came to know each other. Brian, you want to take that one? Oh, I was going to give it to you, but <laughs> last time it was my turn last time. Now, <laughs> yeah, do we, well, do, we... do we go right in for the pee pee and poopy jokes or do we want to just <laughs> whenever they feel right? Like, <laughs> no, I Brian take... and I met a few yeah, years ahead, ago. We were uh, working on um, actually uh, some some video content for the. Uh, spinal cord injury hospital of where I went after I was injured, uh, Craig Hospital in Englewood. And um, so we were making videos about, you know, spinal cord injury topics, exciting topics such as bowel management and uh, um, autonomic dysreflexia and things like that. And uh, started talking about you know, how to change project. your catheter, you know, those yeah. exciting things like that. <laughs> <laughs> All important. Um, yes, but yeah. we got to talking about also family theater company and these amazing actors. And I was working for family at the time and just kind of we started saying, what if what if we did this? What if we made a film about the process of um, making a show? And we were coming up to the 30th anniversary for family. So it just felt like the right time to do it. Oh, cool. And what what year was is it that you captured? Because it's obviously it seemed pre-COVID. So 2019. 2019. Yeah. Okay. Summer of 2019. Okay. So right before like everything. Last summer of love before back in the <laughs> back in the salad days. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. That's uh, so what what kind of conversation? Like, because one of the things that struck me about the, the documentary is it's very um. I don't know if matter of the fact is the right word, but it's just very, just everything's presented. Like I didn't feel like you're sort of just capturing what's happening. There isn't a real, like, I don't know, narrative arc or any, you know, like a specific, like, you know, voiceover or anything like that. So I was just kind of curious what kind of conversations uh, there were about the style. Thank you for picking up on that. Uh, That was very deliberate actually. And, and I don't know if what experience you have had with other films that, portray or feature people with disabilities, but oftentimes there's a predisposed narrative that is attached to a lot of these films. That's, that's very like pat on the back or good for you. And, and um, what Reagan um, uh, unaffectionately calls inspiration porn. Yeah. Uh, And so what we found is that a lot of those films, you know, while people may have the best of intentions, it really doesn't, move the ball down the field at all and it's often kind of off-putting and 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 demeaning i would go so far as to saying demeaning unintentional as it is um because you walk away you know with this kind of a uh oh aren't they cute aren't they special kind of a feel we wanted to deliberately make this an honest presentation of of real people real actors with real struggles who happen to have disabilities but are still real people and have all the same dreams have all the same aspirations as anyone else on this planet yeah it seems like the the thing that you're talking about it's almost like that it's for uh, a viewer that isn't disabled to be like, it's okay. Like it's sort of like making it an easy out to be like, yeah, but it look, it's inspirational. It's okay. It sort of avoids the discomfort. It feels like of like talking about the real, like the reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of, a lot of people are uncomfortable with the reality, not, not because 
they hate disabled people, you know, but just because it's unfamiliar. And when you're unfamiliar with something, um, you know, then that's often where the fear comes from. And so I think as we started getting into like what the style was going to be like, because we we had a few ideas about you know, the design of the film and initially had some some other elements like graphics and music and stuff that we're going to, you know, kind of add this like upbeat, but artificial, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, aesthetic to it. And we just started to strip away and strip away and just, you know, said, no, the, the important thing is to just present people as they are in their voices, in their skins. Um, and that will be the most transformative in terms of making, you know, giving the viewer that familiarity with these folks and their circumstances, which is how you start to remove that fear and that, um, you know, judgment. Yeah. And, and I think it's really effective. Yeah. Cause it's very much just, uh, sort of names of people go up. There's some, uh, information at the end, but even like the opening is just sort of following you, uh, at the beginning of a day, like just sort of showing, but I, yeah, I really liked that quality of it. Cause it felt very, it felt like you were there. Like it felt immersive in terms of like, you know, which I think is what a good documentary should do of like it, you got the experience of feeling like you were watching this show come together, which also now I'm realizing that I haven't, I, I don't know if we've properly set this up uh, for people of what the, the uh, documentary actually is. So if you don't mind explaining, I'm sure you've done this a million times, but what the actual, uh, I guess like log line is of the documentary. Me or you, Reagan, you or either one. <laughs> Why don't I do one word and then you do word? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Imperfect is a story about. <laughs> Did you say of? I don't know, but yeah. about. <laughs> oh, about. Yes. It's about a, a group of uh, professional actors with disabilities who uh, endeavor to take on the musical Chicago uh, and, and produce a, a full, full fledged professional version of the musical Chicago. How did you and land the- on Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> That was, well, I was artistic director of the company of family at the time. And as I was thinking about, you know, what was going to be good for our 30th anniversary, um, I wanted something that was beloved in the theater community, you know, something that would, we had, we were in a unique space. We didn't have our usual theater. It was more of kind of like an event space. And um, so I wanted something that kind of felt immersive where the audience would be like feeling like they're in a club or in, in the world of the play, um, uh, in the audience. And, um, and then, you know, yeah, we wanted to push the envelope a little bit and do a show that, you know, for any number of reasons, whether it's people, uh, assuming that folks with disabilities aren't going to be able to do a heavy dance show because Chicago is have a heavy dance show or because of the sexuality in Chicago, you know, we wanted to, to, um, push people past their preconceived notions of of what these actors would, you know, um, be able to do. And, and they nailed it. They beyond nailed it. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's so great at the end when you actually get to see the the footage from the show. And, and yeah, it really is. I mean, it's fantastic. Like, it's just a good show. Yeah, it, it's it's very cool. And I like the way that you're cutting back and forth between the rehearsal stuff and, uh, you know, the the actual like in stuff. 
there was something uh, by the you, way that you can say it, Joel. That it was brilliant editing. It was brilliant editing. It was the, yeah, filming, I, editing, <laughs> all of it. Like, can I quote you on that? You can. You, if you need a pull quote, yeah. What do you need? Like, you tell me what to say. I'll say it back to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can. Yeah. I'm not trying to taint this interview at all. <laughs> Um, but I was actually going to say, uh, speaking of quotes that, uh, there's a quote that you had that I'm paraphrasing, but it's something that, um, me as someone who, uh, you know, I write and I do improv and stuff that I very much related to of the idea that I think you said an acting teacher said it to you of, if you can do anything else, like if you can think about doing anything else, then do it. And like, and I think that is the thing, you know, at the core of the show, but I think that's every artist completely understands that of like. I think we've all wanted to do something else at some point. And then it's just uh, that need to do this. And uh, I think that's kind of what's cool about the documentary is like creating a space for for people that I imagine feel similar. Like they want to do this, too. And then there aren't the same kind of opportunities uh, for them to perform like this. And I think that's kind of the seems like the core of like the the theater company, at least their mission. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think. You know, it was it was important to us that the the film resonates on just a deeply human level. Um, and I think you're right, pointing out also that it it resonates on an artistic level, because obviously these are artists in the film. And regardless of disability, they go through the same thing as any other artist would, whether it's the self-doubt or whether it's the that, you know, feeling of motivation of like, I'm compelled to do this. I feel compelled every day to get up and do this, um, regardless of the the barriers or roadblocks. Um, and so, you know, and that wasn't anything that was, you know, we didn't we didn't insert that. That was just right. natural. Um, but I think it does help. Uh, again, it's one of those just very um unifying elements in the film that just makes anyone regardless of disability regardless of artist status regard you know if you're human you're going to find something to relate to in this film yeah yeah and there's also the very relatable moment too that i i think everything i've ever written i have this moment where you're uh like it's getting close to opening and you're starting to doubt just all of it pretty much and i i've had that exact evening i know what that evening is of just like you know like have i made all the wrong choices like we're pretty committed so like i loved that that was in there too like as i think yeah any artist like has that kind of last second just doubt that makes it so hard and you I don't agree. Yeah. something now that was a total setup on on my end i i got i got reagan drunk that night oh no <laughs> <laughs> You were looking what, for the <laughs> what you don't what you don't know. Uh, honestly, I didn't know that was coming. But we had this was this was um, I don't know. We had had like uh, just a previously uh, we had just had like a, a a call just like this over the phone, and we were in different places, and we just like I got a bottle, she got a bottle. We both just sat and drank and talked about all of the stuff that was on Reagan's mind with the play and and everything. And um, uh, I, I I didn't realize that was going to happen. But but uh, after a bottle of wine, Reagan took it upon herself to take the little camera and turn it on. <laughs> and it actually was really was very powerful. We've never we've never spoken that aloud before, but I think we can safely give away her trade secret now <laughs> well that's good yeah and as long as you weren't like trying to get her to cry or anything like if you were 
I, no, I, I have that effect on on women. <laughs> no, I mean, what you yeah, what you don't see earlier in the evening is how much fun we were having, you know, but but again, like that's the that's the complexity of emotions where, oh, yeah. you know, that night it was like we were having these great highs and I was kind of bitching about stuff. And then, you know, we got off the phone and all of a sudden it was just like it all hit me. And it was just like, oh, my God, what what is I don't know if I can make it through, you know, and then I started listening to Queen and then I felt better. So <laughs> I mean, so it's just, you know, it's the rise and falls and the you know incredible peaks and valleys of um of being an artist and you know being alive which which one was it was it like bohemian rhapsody or like what uh oh, no, come on go, don't go, stop go, me go now deep dive. okay What's don't that? stop yeah it wasn't yeah. sure it was deeper catalog it was the, right deeper catalog yeah, it was the flash gordon theme song yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we didn't include the uh i have we were we, it was one thing we weren't sure if we should put in and we were like well maybe we'll have to pay music rights um but uh, I'm doing a nice little spin move as I'm singing, like, don't stop me now. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. I mean, so anyway, I always I always uh, default to Queen when I need to pull myself out of the dumps. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't want the estate of Freddie Mercury coming after us. Exactly. <laughs> How hard was it? Now I'm curious, like, were there was there any trouble getting the rights to the, the Chicago stuff for the documentary? Or? What what rights? <laughs> <laughs> what what <laughs> no 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 there is actually an ongoing legal process that we are going through we've been in communication with the rights holder um we edited this under the guidelines of fair use uh but we have been in contact with them many times letting them know the truth of the matter is is that you know i don't it's a non-issue for all intents and purposes. In other words, the the lawyers at, at the publishing company that bill out for, you know, five or $600 an hour, they shan't be bothered with this <laughs> unless, you know, Netflix comes a knocking or HBO comes a knocking with, you know, a million dollar deal or something like that, which we know is going to happen. Yeah. And, and yeah. when that's when that's going to happen, um, then we expect to hear from them. Yeah, but that's HBO's lawyers' problems, right? That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will. It'll be a and nice we were, problem to have. Yeah. And we were very conscientious throughout, knowing that, um, you know, knowing that it is licensed material. You'll you'll see that actually throughout the rehearsals and everything. There's really not a lot of material that oh, no. shows up, yeah. Um, yeah. and and all of it is just you know in rehearsal essentially until that last um you know montage of the show which we were also very deliberate about um limiting the the amount of of the actual show that you would see so so yeah um as brian said we were you know operating in the under the guise of fair use because we are showing we are demonstrating you know uh, it's really more about the the story of the artists with disabilities than it is about chicago right yeah um, you're filming people who happen to be singing that's right <laughs> yeah and then Important to bring up, Joel, because uh, for anyone who might be watching in the legal background at a said publisher's uh, uh, organization, uh, we were we are developing the characters and the storytelling and the song and dance that might be embedded in their character uh, is something that is inseparable by the but but it's it's not the primary uh, uh, 
uh, it's not it's not the dominant element in the scene. So anyway, yeah. Well, that, that kind of brings up to an interesting thing of, uh, I guess, like the scale of this kind of documentary. Uh, I would imagine there's a lot of types of thoughts and conversations like this that you have to have. So I'm just curious a little bit about the like practical uh, realities of making this. Like, I would imagine it, it's very much a labor of love. I hope you you all made a lot of money to make it, but I'm assuming that it probably wasn't <laughs> the case. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is not a project you do if you're looking to make money. Um, I probably all of, you know, Brian could tell you being a documentary filmmaker for many years. But um, but, you know, we uh, we were both committed to this from the beginning, just kind of saying, regardless of what we make, we're going to make this film. And if we make a little bit of money, you know, to support it, then that's just going to help us make a better product. And luckily, we did have some amazing supporters that that help. But it is still an ultra, 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 ultra low budget film. Right. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, it was really just we were like, let's just follow it. Let's gather what we got. And then, yeah, Brian and I sat for a year and a half having very very deep, very extensive discussions, sometimes disagreements, but they were all in the in the um, uh, in support of a better product in the end um, and a better story um, and and really just piecing together. How are we going to do justice, do the most justice to all of these people and um, this community? Can you get I'm, I'm kind of curious. I don't, I don't want to start up any more like any settled uh, questions. But I'm, since you mentioned it, I'm curious, like what kind of if you can give maybe an example of like something that you two maybe disagreed on or had to figure out how to. <laughs> well, there were there were disagreement might be too strong of a word, but there were discussions. And I and I really uh, applaud Reagan. Uh, and 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 myself for this, because I think we both took a very healthy approach to this, uh, a very mature approach that we both have very strong creative ideas, but we're both mature enough to understand that we both have very uh, sophisticated abilities in storytelling. So I think each of our uh, respective points of view um, need to be appreciated and truly thoughtfully listened to. And I just remember one uh, uh, occasion where there's one actor who was up for a part and there was a discussion on whether or not we should include this actor and what was being said about her around the casting table as to whether or not oh, this yeah. should or shouldn't be included in the discussion. Because there were a couple of comments that could be perceived as um, negative or or critical or criti criticizing that per person's uh, character. I get not character, but just like who that person is. Uh, and, and we didn't want to throw anyone under the bus. And there was a discussion, you know, this is just one example, a small example, but like, well, these people really did say it. So on, on one hand, you know, if it's a snarky comment or, or kind of a, a sarcastic comment about someone's, acting ability or whatever or 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 presentation or whatever um you know we really had to ask ourselves is it really moving the story forward of whether whether we include this comment or not and so we really dissected a lot of these scenes so it wasn't really so much disagreements as it was just kind of exploring 
what's the meaning and the intent of each of these edits? What what would it mean? Uh, what's the bigger picture uh, weighed against? It was almost kind of like doing kind of like uh, uh, scientific method in a way, only only with people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much higher stakes. But <laughs> right. Uh, was there any conversations with the the people auditioning about the documentary? Like, you know, because obviously they would have to agree to be in the documentary. Was there any kind of, uh, I don't know, like, how did that go? Like, sort of pitching the idea? They all signed a legally binding release. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I'm <laughs> just curious, just like, you had to pitch them, I would imagine, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, it was... I think it was largely pitching. The pitch was made to the, you know, the company, like the the staff. Um, and then and we did talk to the actors and everybody who was on the production team at the beginning and um, said, you know, we're interested in do this, but we want to be respectful of you. And we realize like having a camera in the room is you're already trying to learn your lines and learn your steps. And like, it's very overwhelming. And so they, you know, some of them were honest with us about when they wanted us to not be filming them. Um, and we tried to respect that um, or did respect that. And, um, but, you know, I think everybody was really game. And I, I think it was really a, a beautiful thing that they trusted us enough to come in um, and capture all of this. And they opened themselves up to us. Uh, and, and I think it was really, you know, that they were just trusting that we were gonna do right by them. Um, and that says a lot about them. Um, and hopefully something about us, too, that I, I think we did do right by them. But but I think they also everybody realized how important it was to get this story out, you know, that everybody who has the opportunity to go to Denver and see family is blown away and transformed. And um, this was really also the the chance to take this amazing story of these folks and and get it out there, you know, further and wider um, so that folks from all over the country, all over the world can see this. Have they seen it? Have they given you feedback to people in it? Like, have you heard from them? Yes. Intuity, they all love it. You know, even like a couple of characters, there's one character who, you know, there's a showmance that's going on. And I think that was one of our <laughs> biggest concerns, Brian and mine, were we were like, oh, we, we don't want to we don't want to upset anybody, you know, that we're putting this up there. But um, even even those folks, they uh, they love it. So I think everybody feels like we did a really great job just representing the truth of of who they are and their passions and, and also capturing the amazing production. Again, another very universally relatable artist thing is the, the showman. The showman. Yes. That was a term yeah. I was not aware of before making of this film. But <laughs> No, my wife and I actually met doing improv together. So it is real. It does happen. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. How yeah. did that work out on your first date? Uh, well, yeah, we were both game for you anything. You don't have to go into that. We were both up for like any plans. It's, you know, it's great. You were just, just like on the yes fly. We, the yes and, time. <laughs> let's go to dinner now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was more the, uh, yes. And it was more the fact that like the other people that we did improv with, when we finally told them that we were dating, they were all like, yeah, we know. Like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, but, uh, all right. So. Um, how like, so that's kind of the cast, the reception, but how has it been, uh, now that it is getting out there into the world? Like how, how is it for, in, you know, so this independent documentary, uh, how is this process going of getting people to see it? Well, we are knocking on a lot of doors right now and, and it's, it's great. Um, we, uh, this, 
has some sort of magical quality that that I've not experienced in any other documentary film that I've done. And I've done several docs over the last, you know, 20 years or so. And um, there's some sort of universal, I think, human element that that I don't know if it's the times we're living in or the culture we're living in or, uh, or just the right combination. But uh, something seems to be clicking with this film. We 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 keep getting accepted to film festivals um, and, you know, we can't announce a lot of them at this time, but there are, you know, several film festivals that are very excited to invite us in to, to, to screen the film. And, you know, it's won a couple of awards along the way. And so, um, you know, knock on wood, I just, I feel really blessed that this is, this is happening at, at, at this time, you know? That's great. And um, how how widely of it, like, can people see it outside of festivals? Or will they be able to in any way? Or is that not, is it too early for that? Like, We hope so at some we're point. We're certainly hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're doing the film festival circuit first and then seeing where it goes from there. But, you know, yeah, our hope is that some someday you'll be able to watch it all over the world on some sort of platform. Um, so we'll make that happen. I just don't know how will, that will happen yet. It, you know, it relies in part on brilliant reviews and reviewers who <laughs> gush over the film and give it positive press. I, I already told you, whatever whatever quote you need, just you let me know. And uh, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I, I'm curious to Reagan, like while, while I have you, um, cause I know sort of the end of the film mentioned, you mentioned at the beginning when we were talking, was sort of you announcing that you had, uh, you're going back to acting prime, you know, like full-time acting. So, uh, obviously COVID happened and all of that. And, uh, so I'm just curious how it's been for you, uh, getting back into acting and obviously a big thing. Uh, that this film is about is just the uh, availability of roles and all of that. And so just sort of your outlook on, I guess, your future and maybe the future of the business. I know it's a big question, but of just like yeah. the availability of roles, because uh, I know that's a big discussion that happens. And I, one of the things that I know you're uh, the notes that, you know, they send along the press notes is the stats on the fact that even when there aren't a lot of roles, especially just percentage wise, and then even when there are they a lot of times don't go to people who are disabled. They go to, you know, like, so all of that uh, being said, like I said, there's a very, very big sweeping question, but I guess just, you know, if you have thoughts on uh, all of that as you're getting back to acting. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I think, I think the film says a lot of what I'm feeling right now, which is just that, you know, number one, acting or improv or being an artist in general of any kind is hard. And then you layer on top of that disability and the fact that these structures um, in which we're working and performing and such, um, we're, we're just not built with folks who are different or have different needs in mind. Um, so, you know, luckily I, you know, I got this job out at Arena in Washington, D.C., which is kind of my first big thing back. And they've been wonderful. And, you know, I think. I think the the industry, the community is learning and things are happening. Um, there is more representation happening, but it's still, you know, it's still far behind uh, it, it, in many ways. Um, and, you know, often there are a lot of like 
equity, diversity, inclusion discussions right now. Um, but sometimes those are more focused around race and gender, which are incredibly important, but disabilities often not included. And so I think we just have to keep keep getting it on the table. And I try to do that as a performer. Um, you know, I think representation is the most important. So anytime I'm given the opportunity to get up on a stage, you know, it's really meaningful. And then I just have to make sure I don't fuck it up. You know? <laughs> but, um, <gasps> but no, so I think... Um, you know, it is it's hard. But again, like again, like I say, at the end of the film, it's like or throughout. I mean, I, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I, I kind of just wake up each day being grateful, you know, and also thinking about all the people um, who aren't getting this opportunity, you know, that maybe have similar circumstances. And in some way, it, it kind of gives me the the impetus to charge forward and go for it. And, you know, especially when I think of people even in this film and people who are no longer with us, you know, and I think about them a lot. I don't want to spoil the film, but they are like constantly guiding me, you know, in my process. Um, and, in, you know, just using this little bit of time that we have um, to keep doing what we love and what we're passionate about. Yeah, no, I, and I think that is, like I said, I think that is a very universal <laughs> feeling for every, you know, I don't know, as the world gets darker, seemingly, the the ability to create art feels like such a powerful thing. Like, so no, I think, yeah, yeah, we need that light. Yeah, we exactly. need that light. <laughs> uh, but no, thank, thank you so much for doing this. I don't know if there's anything I didn't touch on that you want to make sure uh, great. to mention. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Just um, all, you know, information about upcoming film festivals and where the film is going is at imperfectfilm.com. Um, you can also, uh, there's a an email info at imperfectfilm.com where if you want to be included, like on our e-blast list, you can let us know uh, and we'll keep you updated on on developments. Okay, awesome. And definitely feel free to keep me <laughs> updated on everything. Like if there's Will more to do. talk about, I'd love to talk to you both anytime. Uh, Thanks very much. Yeah, hopefully cool. you have that. I know that like Sterling Harjo did a bunch of uh, like small documentaries before he got Reservation Dogs. So hopefully you have that like FX deal about to hit like anytime. <laughs> Under the better late than yeah. Never. Yeah, yeah. So uh, also Ben's Chili Bowl, I would recommend in D.C. If you're looking for a place to eat, it's fantastic. So binge chili bowl, Ben, like Ben, the name. Yeah. Oh, Ben. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So they, okay. they have half smoked chili dogs. They're very good. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did not need to know about that right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. OK, I'm going. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys thank so much. much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. There you have it. What a wonderful chat with Reagan Linton and Brian Malone. Imperfect is currently doing the festival circuit. I really hope it gets a uh, wider distribution so that everyone can see it. But even if you can't find it yet, uh, I hope that you will seek them out. I hope that you will follow them and follow the film and hopefully uh, it can get distributed and, and become available to a wider audience because I do really think it's a great film and I do hope more people see it. And I was really honored to get to talk to them. And I hope you enjoyed the chat. I will also say that if you haven't had the chance yet, uh, since I mentioned it at the top, I have seen Coda. I did love that film as well. It's available on Apple Plus. I highly recommend watching it before the Oscars. That's going to do it for us. Remember, question everything. 
The name on everybody's lips is gonna be Roxy The lady raking in the chips is gonna be Roxy I'm gonna be a celebrity That means somebody everyone knows They're gonna recognize my eyes, my hair, my teeth, my boobs, my nose Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. Sometimes, they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy, do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.